Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Macaw Podcast Universe. Universe. It's the podcast that exists to prove people wrong when they say... Sequels are never better than the originals. It's hosted by me, Micah Macaw. And me, Jordan Macaw. And we cover film franchises, and we are at the very end of the DC Extended Universe. Couldn't be timed better. It's true. We, we timed this series so that we could cover The Suicide Squad pretty much almost immediately after its release. Yes. Um, and here we are. We're covering The Suicide Squad. If you're expecting a bash session because you're thinking it's 2016's Suicide Squad. Roll back on your podcast app. Yep. To listen to that one. And uh, so we're at the end of this very, very odd, weird series. I'm not going to sum up the series because you've probably been listening along. For us, though, it's very funny because we finished watching all these movies like a month ago, and then we've just been waiting for Suicide Squad to come Yeah. Out. So yeah. for us, it almost feels like we need a big, long preamble, but we actually don't. Right. But I love preambles. You know that about me. My yes. favorite part of the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Let's talk about this movie. We saw it last night. We went to the theaters and... Full crowd. Full crowd. It was the first showing of the movie on Thursday preview night. The crowd, I thought... Well, we actually were sandwiched between uh, not children, not children, teenagers. I thought it could be a rowdy experience. Kind of in a fun way. Yeah. But no. The, the audience was digging it. I thought they'd be a little more vocal. Same. And I was excited about that, but they were a good, it was a good audience. Yeah. Um, especially after we saw Old and there were people like taking pictures of the movie during the movie. Yeah, and, and our friend had to shush someone. Yeah, so it was like, oh, this is great. People yeah. are here to see the movie and they're excited. Yeah. And uh, when we get to the post credit scene, there was a huge reaction, which was very funny. Yeah. Um, should we keep it spoiler-free for the first part of this podcast? That's what we did for Black Widow. Okay, let's do it again because this is a new release. Um, so we will alert you with a dumb little musical cue that I created when we're getting into spoilers territory. Um, so, well, I mean, what'd you think of the movie? He effing did it. <laughs> and he being, he being James, James Gunn. Gunn. It was really good. It was really good. Yeah. I, uh, and, and here's, here's maybe my biggest compliment to the movie Two episodes ago, you heard me go on a rant about how I don't like the character Harley Quinn. Mm -hmm. And I've seen her in video games and movies and all that. And uh, um, I just don't like her. And I was like, I think I just don't like the character. I need to just get over it. And I even said in that episode, the Birds of Prey episode, I said, I'm not going to get tricked. I might like Suicide Squad, but I'm not going to like Harley Quinn. I'm oh. not going to get tricked again. She was great in the movie. She was good. Her storyline was great, and I was happy to when she was on screen. Yeah. The whole, and she I won't great. say it yet, but the whole middle sequence where it's kind of just focused on her for large amounts of time, I was totally into it. Me too. And I'm glad they waited so long run to, to get to that point in the movie for it to happen. Yeah. Because I, I, I guess I was just expecting it to be like she was pretty much in every part. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. I thought the movie was great. It was like, it was style and substance. Yeah. Because Birds of Prey and Suicide Squad were all style, no substance. 
And James Gunn is great at being so stylistic, so crazy, but getting to the heart of who characters are, particularly ensembles. He's like the best ensemble guy. He's just good at knowing who is who. Yeah. Who, what, what type of person, or I don't know, what this character represents in this group kind of thing. Totally. I will say, if no one knows this, because I think I, I knew it was rated R, but I didn't know it was going to be this rated R. <laughs> it was a gore fest. It was. And, it was like Tarantino-esque levels of gore. Yeah. And just a, a warning, too. Just the, I feel like there is a lot of animal death in the movie. Yeah. So just warning on that, too, for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it just It's just crazy because 2016 was such a big burn. Yeah. And uh, 2016's Suicide Squad. And I... While I didn't know anything about the characters, the trailers were good, and but that movie was so offensively bad that mm-hmm. it felt like, just as someone who likes movies, this is offensive, and I hate this. Yeah. And so, though it was James Gunn, I was like, okay, he's going to do it, but I'm nervous, mm-hmm. and I'm scared about this, because that other, you know, it's like, I just don't see this working, and he's just the, perfect on, for it. On the one hand, too, I mean, he he is... I, he came into the Marvel franchise at a time when we need we needed something like the Guardians movies, absolutely, a absolute refresher, reboost, reboost. I don't know, just a complete refresher to a franchise that had been starting to feel like to become become to sound the same and look the same, leading up to it. Totally. And this is so with him doing Suicide Squad, I was a little nervous too. Like, can he even do it though? And it's like, but he did like rejuvenate the marvel franchise for me yeah and he took can he took a property which is pretty equivalent to guardians as in it's like it's not a beloved comic book series yeah i mean i'm sure it has a lot of fans but this isn't like this isn't guaranteed yeah by any means and same with guardians he took something that is like maybe c level marvel maybe even d and made it so that everyone's like oh this is like one of the best things ever yeah not and, just best things in Marvels, best things ever. That's how good he made it. <laughs> and I, I think, I mean, not to, because we'll say this at the end, our DC rankings, but this one is going to be pretty high on both of our lists, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of what we thought of it. Um, of course, we'll get into much more detail in the post-spoiler section of this. But let's talk about how the movie was made, okay. shall we? So... It's directed by James Gunn. It's written by James Gunn. The cinematography is by Henry Bram, who did Guardians 2, so we've talked about mm. him before. Uh, the music was by John Murphy, who did Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels, 28 Days Later, Miami Vice, Sunshine. Who is this? Amongst others. This is the composer, John composer. Murphy. Composer, okay. And uh, I thought the score was great. Yeah, I loved it, especially that the big climactic moment of the movie later on yeah the music was awesome yeah and i feel like whoever was the drummer on this score was having the time of his life okay the drums were fun it kind of had a punk alternative rock edge to it and another note uh because jordan and i are now beloved like guardians one and two like all the songs that are chosen in those movies are now like very close to jordan and i's heart we listen to them all the time Mm mm-hmm and you and I were going into this, and we're going, well, at the very least, we're going to get some new songs to learn about. And as you know from 
Suicide Squad 2016, it was full of classic rock, just a dump. Yeah. And it had no purpose. No purpose. But right when this movie starts, they play Johnny Cash's Folsom Prison Blues. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, man, he's he's already into it. And most of the songs I didn't know, and they were very different from how he would approach Guardians, mm-hmm. which I was happy about. And it is nice. I like We knew that the music was going to be good and have a purpose. Yeah. But, you know, one reason why it's so good in Guardians is because it's so important to... Uh, chris pratt's character yeah um but in this movie that's there's really no character where that's like important to them Mm -hmm. so it is it was kind of nice that they didn't it would have felt too much like that yeah you know yeah it's good um so the movie comes out august 5th 2021 it has a 185 million dollar budget okay so it's a pretty big budget um last night it made 6.7 um and they're expecting... We, the, we saw it on a Thursday opening weekend. Yeah. They're expecting this weekend for it to be about $30 million minimum. Okay. Like 30 to 40 So it's going to be tough for it to to be a success. Is it so expensive just because of re, like adding things on as they went? I think it's expensive because of the cast. The, how yeah, large I think the so cast too. is. Um, yeah. Because I also learned that um, they didn't... Uh, there's actually not a... There are visual effects in this movie, obviously. There's a shark oh, character. Yeah. But they did just about everything they could to make everything practical. Really? And we'll we'll get into that in just a little bit. Um but well, actually I can tell you like the final set piece, um, that's like a three times like football field that they designed. Like this huge that building? Set. Well, no, like when they're outside oh, and all the stuff's it, going on. Yeah. Um where do they do that? At like the lot, I think they just built this huge three football fields worth. It seems like of there set. there were several filming locations because in the credits they were thinking so many different countries. Oh really? Yeah, I didn't even notice. I saw that. like there was like a Panama unit, so I'm assuming a lot maybe. So you know, a lot of this is set on, a, on an island, and this is a dumb question. The island's not a real island, right? No, it's a fictional country. Yeah, but... That's it, not a dumb question. I actually just read... I was reading David Sims' review, and he said, the fictional country, and I was like, oh, okay. okay. So I'm assuming that's where they shot a lot of... That country was in Panama. And then I saw they also thanked... Um, uh, there was like a New Zealand part, which might be for Weta, potentially. Uh-huh. Um, and then I saw something for Quebec as well. Okay. Yeah, so they and then were... And assuming Warner Brothers. Yeah. They're going all over the place. Um, but yeah, so I, I think um, that's going to probably cut down your budget using less visual effects. Mm-hmm. But the cast is crazy. And I mean, some of these are like A-listers. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, Sylvester Stallone's in this. I'm sure he Wait, didn't like... Who was Sylvester he's, Stallone? He's King Shark. Okay, okay. Yeah. I, I you know saw his title credit, and then I forgot that he was in the movie. And the whole time I'm like, I wonder who the shark is. <laughs> yeah so it was sylvester okay yeah cool and uh, very funny mike combs uh pointed out he was like yeah my i love a uh, groot shark mm-hmm. and he's like it's the same character and mm-hmm. i went oh i yeah it's like almost identical and i love he just that speaks he's more of a vocabulary <laughs> yeah um but yeah so it's gonna be tough for this movie to make its money all the way back but I think some of that you got to contribute to like this Delta variant that's coming around. Part of it's like, like, so how many people are going to see it on HBO? 
How many people, you know, it so, came out on HBO same time. Mike watched it on HBO well, Max. Well, what's confusing, you know. so they give this, them such a ginormous budget. Yeah. And then they're going to same day release it on HBO. I know. How can they possibly make money back? It seems dumb. It does seem kind of dumb. But we'll see. We will see. Um, we're still kind of, I've heard so many different opinions about the HBO same day, day and date release strategy. Yeah. And for a little bit, it was just kind of looking like, well, it seems like the theater people are just going to go to the theater anyway. Yeah. But it, but also like repeat customers, I think you're missing out on. Yeah. Because like if we wanted to see it again, I'd be like, let's just put yeah, it on the TV. Yeah, why would we go to the theater? Yeah, because we've seen the theater experience. Now yeah. we can watch it at home. Um, I hope the movie makes its money back. I mean, the reviews are crazy. Yeah. Leading up to this movie, I follow James Gunn on Twitter and it was like, he was just retweeting all these people who were saying it was the best, and I was just trying not to Get let your it. hopes up. Yeah, but I mean, it, I, it, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, critics love it. Yeah, audience members love it. People are loving it. So, yeah. um, I think at the least, I, I don't think this is going to be a failure for Warner Brothers either way. Yeah, true. Because they'll, I think they'll take into consideration the COVID stuff. Mm-hmm. And how people are starting to get worried again. And I think they're going to take into consideration the day and date release. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. Um, but who knows? Maybe it'll smash. Who knows? I hope so. I hope so. And that's that's like it, it's projected to make 30 to 40 in the U.S. So internationally, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. hopefully, you know, we can throw another 20 on there. And then it's made half its budget back. So, um, so... Now let's talk about what happened here. Originally, in 2016, before they had released David Ayer's Suicide Squad, they said they were like, okay, we're going to make a sequel like pretty right away. Yeah. Uh, David Ayer just needs to make his movie bright with Will Smith, and then he can start working on Suicide Squad mm-hmm. 2. Now, of course, everyone hates Suicide Squad, and so... Gone. They're like, nah, you're out of here. Yeah. Um. And then, so in early 2017, they start courting Mel Gibson to direct. What? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah. That would have been a terrible movie. Yeah, it's not a good choice at all. I don't even understand that for a second. I don't either. What could he have to offer? I don't know. That's weird. It's very weird. That's weird. weird. It's very weird. And his directing style is just not even in the same ballpark here. No. I mean, yeah, he's he's done things violently and graphic, but it's like... isn't he more like I don't know? Maybe he can branch out. It's just he makes historical movies. Yeah, he's not a funny filmmaker. No. He's in funny movies where he is funny, but he's he doesn't have no. that in his bones. Not that these have to be laugh riots, but um, they, they go through like a ton of directors and a ton of scripts. I'm not gonna go through all of them. Okay. But I mean, w- was there another one that you were like, huh? Well, what was funny is um, Jean Colette Serra, French, uh was like going to direct the movie. Who's that? And he drops out and does Jungle Cruise, which came out last weekend. Yeah, and everyone loved it. I think I it's actually doing pretty good. Oh, is it really? Yeah. I think the reviews are like pretty middling. Is but that relate release is it premiere at Disney Plus? I think you can watch it on Disney Plus as but well. Not premiere. Like like you do you have to pay thirty bucks on yeah. Disney Plus? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, only only Pixar movies they let you just watch so yeah. that they can tarnish the brand of Pixar. Um, and then they're like, okay, finally, here's our director. It's Gavin O'Connor. 
and he's directed Miracle, um, the Kurt Russell movie, hockey movie. Okay. Warrior, the Tom Hardy movie. Okay. Um, and then earlier last year, he came out with Ben Affleck, The Way Back, where he's like an alcoholic oh, coaching yeah. a basketball team. Yeah. Which I've heard is actually a somewhat charming movie. Yeah. Um, but he starts kind of getting fed up with like it, the project just not getting the ball rolling. So he drops out so he can do The Way Back. Okay. And then finally, now we got to talk about it. Yeah. The tweets. I'm not going to go through the tweets, of course, but James Gunn, he he had in the past, like 10 years prior, made a ton of really off-color bad tweets. Really this, bad stuff. This came to light after Guardians 2. After Guardians 2. So I think Guardians 2 came out in 2018. Yeah. And in July of 2018, Disney fires James Gunn yeah. from directing Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Yep. And um, on third, well, uh, so brief, once, once those tweets had resurfaced, James Gunn tweeted this. He said, many people who have followed my career know when I started, I viewed myself as a provo provocator, uh, making movies and telling jokes that were outrageous and taboo. As I have discussed publicly many times, as I've developed as a person, so has my work and my humor. It's not to say I'm better, but I'm very, very different than I was a few years ago. Today, I try to root my work in love and connection and less in anger. My days saying something just because it's shocking and trying to get a reaction are over. Mm -hmm. So, Huge controversy when changed. it came out, not just because of the subject of the tweets, but when, when that came out, some cast members of Guardians, specifically Dave Bautista, was like, oh, he's not directing the third one. I'm not in it. And there's yeah, nothing he said you can do to get me to be in that movie if he's he'll not He'll break the contract. It. He's and not going to And then I think someone it. else went on board with him, too. Maybe yeah. one or two other cast members. And I feel was, like maybe Saldana did. I don't think Chris Pratt ever did. I don't remember. But, but it, I don't know it was sure. like more than just him, but he kind of started it. Yeah. So it was like, well, if they're not going to be in the third one and James Gunn's not going to direct it, just don't make that movie. Totally. So. And then, like a classic. Yep. Comic book story. In October, just three months later. Disgraced director James Gunn is hired by DC or by Warner Brothers. Yes. To make a Suicide Squad movie. So not only does he go to the dark side, he goes to the dark side to make the villain movie. So it's like yeah. he's becoming a villain. Yeah, yeah. What an interesting story. It truly and then, is. So he's making the movie official. Guys, he made the movie that we just watched. But throughout all of it, he has now been rehired as the Guardians 3 director. and Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. That one too. So he he is back. Uh-huh. Um, very interesting stuff. Yeah, and I think it gets more interesting when we double-click on some of those details. So Warner Brothers hires him in October, and they uh, Alan Horn, the, the CCO of Disney, calls James Gunn the day after he was hired and says, we want, we want you back. Whoa. Um, and that was only recently, like in the past year, that they talked about that yes. publicly. Because according to us, he was rehired in March of 2019. Yeah. So like, like eight months after, but Disney was already talking to him for like th three months before that. And like, we do want you to do Guardians. And so James Gunn calls Feige and he's like, they want me to do Guardians 3. 
and I still want to do it. And Feige's like, great. We will, we will put it on the back burner, and you just make a great movie. Make Suicide Squad. Make it the best movie you can, and this project will be waiting for you when we get back. Wow. Oh, Feige. Yeah, I, I love the guy. Yeah. And the fact also that he stood up for Scarlett Johansson as she's Oh, did he really? I haven't Disney. been following up on that, so he has. Yeah, although I didn't I didn't totally I didn't totally dive into that. I just saw a headline of Feige. I've read about Scarlett Johansson, and if you don't know, folks, she's suing Disney because they breached contract with her and released it on Release um, Black Widow. Release Black Widow on PVOD. Problem being, I don't she doesn't care about the money, I'm sure. Because, but like, but they did the something that they said they weren't going to do on yeah. paper on a contract that was signed. And if if they break that contract with one of the biggest stars in the world, what are they going to do to the little guy? Yeah, what have they already done to the little guy? Yeah. And and if you're like, but come on, it's Disney. Disney's like the worst corporation in the world. They're up there. They're terrible. They make great stuff that we love, but don't stick up for Disney in this fight, please. Yeah. Scarlet's in the right. Yeah. And go Scarlet. Um, she's our she's our superhero. <laughs> um, so then they hire James Gunn and they're like, hey, can you do Superman? That's which one? That's what Warner Brothers says. Just a Superman movie? Yeah, can you make a Superman movie? And he's like He's like, guys, do you know who I am? <laughs> well, he just he just says, no. <laughs> he's like, you're probably getting me confused with someone else. I did make a movie called Super. But it's not a Superman movie. <laughs> so he he says, no, I, I don't want to do that. Um, but he says, I, I would be interested in doing a Suicide Squad movie. And they're like... They were thought they're, they got dollar signs uh, in their eyes, and above their heads were more dollar signs, and they were going, ka-ching! <laughs> um, so they say, okay. And he sits down and watches the movie for the first time, because he had never seen asleep. the 2016... And he he claims that he there was stuff of course he didn't like but he liked a lot of it, yeah. And he this whole time he's been very much like David Ayer paved the way. He's been really nice to me. This has not been. I, why would he say anything bad? Well, but also David Ayer has also said like I've been having fun on conversations with James and stuff like that. Like that's good. We're not mad at each that's other. That's good. And and David Ayer is still like you guys still have not seen the movie that I made. Yeah. Fair enough. We don't need to see it. Um, but uh, so James Gunn sits down, watches the movie, and Warner the Brothers is like, okay, you can make this movie, but basically the caveat is we want you to do anything you want, and we're not going <laughs> to. The caveat is Keys <laughs> of the Kingdom. Yeah. They say like everything's on limits. They, they, they were like, you watch Suicide Squad, but have you seen any of the others? <laughs> we don't care anymore. <laughs> do anything you want. And they say, the only thing we encourage you is we'd like it if Margot Robbie was in the movie. Okay. And he watches Suicide Squad and he's like, yeah, cool. I mean, why wouldn't they put her in the movie? Yeah. And and she's great in the movie. Uh-huh. Um, uh, he does say like, I don't want to do it without an R rating. Okay. Um, and at first the studio's like, no way. And then they're like, okay, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. And um, so they're like, is this even really a franchise anymore? <laughs> right. Now let's talk about the R rating of this movie. <clears throat> We've talked so many times about R ratings and comic book movies. And particularly, I'm just thinking about our Birds of Prey episode. We're like, why did they make this R? They would have made like, 50 million extra dollars mm-hmm. if they just 
cut some F words and deleted some blood. Mm-hmm. And so now you're like, but Micah, you're saying that you like this movie. Jordan, you're saying you like this movie. What's the deal? Where's the being a little hypocritical? And I think that the R rating is actually like in the DNA of how this movie is built from the ground up. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Whereas the Harley Quinn movie, it feels like a byproduct of them just making it R sort of just haphazardly almost. Well, it's like she's a bad guy, so it has to be an R rated movie, right? Yeah. Bad guy, wink, wink, maybe. But this was like, no, he wants to make a gore fest, very stylistic gore fest. Cool. And he he wants it to be able to just kind of... The great thing about this movie is for the first time, the characters are actually bad guys. Because yeah. in uh, one of our biggest complaints on Suicide Squad, the whole, like, re- like, the main reason that movie doesn't work is because they're like, we're all bad guys, um, but we like being good, and we're good at heart. Yeah, oh, I think even the even some of the characters though were like they've done bad things and that's why they're in prison, but they don't believe that they're bad. Yeah, and this movie and I'm, no, that's what I'm saying about this movie because I yeah. think they oh. achieve it. I think both movies yes. were going for the same thing, and this one actually did it. Yeah, when the other movie was like, they it, it, it was just like yeah, they've done bad things, but like you said, as we go through the movie, it's like I don't see where they're a bad guy though. Yeah. And this movie, it's like, I am seeing that, absolutely. Well, and, and one of the, I think one of the key scenes in this whole movie, and it's toward the beginning, is when Idris Elba is talking to his daughter, and they just wind up screaming at each other and telling each other, F you, F you, F you. Yeah. And when you're sitting there, you're like, this guy sucks. Yeah. Um, And so you're like, this is a bad guy. Like, he's a bad... It's not like, I'm a bad guy, wink. It's like, no, he just cussed out his own daughter. This guy sucks. And told her to get lost. Yeah. So that's a huge fix that James Gunn made on this. They're actually bad guys. And he commented on... And he somehow still made that character likable. (laughs) Yes. He makes you confused at the end. That's what's beautiful, is it's like, I guess... Wait, they were really bad, but I liked them? And and that's one of the things, because, like, Guardians, as he said you know they're all good-natured inside. Maybe they have a hard time expressing that. Maybe they do bad things. But half of them are selfish people. Yeah, but they're trying to do the right thing. Yes. And this is like, they're not necessarily trying to do the right thing. Yeah. So, um, now back to this. I know I got a lot here, but um, uh, they had scheduling issues with Will Smith, hence him not being in this movie. Okay. Now, I've heard that originally Idris Elba was supposed to be the character Deadshot. Even if Will Smith was in this movie? Like, like after there were scheduling conflicts, like, they cast Idris Elba, and he was supposed to be the character that Will oh, Smith plays. okay, yeah. But Idris Elba has said, no, that's not what happened. Okay. But you'll see that place. You'll see it in, like, the trivia of this movie and stuff, like... Oh, okay. But apparently, James Gunn wrote Bloodsport as the character. Like, from the get-go. But if they would have gotten Will Smith, the studio would be like, why would we say no to Will Smith? Sorry, James Gunn. You gotta have Deadshot. I guess, yeah. I feel like that's what would happen. I mean, this is probably, like, he's probably still writing it in, yeah, the, in early that's like talks and stuff. like, super pre-production. But um, it, sound, it sounded like... The impression I got is Gunn was pretty much like, that's what I want to do. Uh-huh. And I want to work with Idris Elba. Uh-huh. So let's get Idris Elba. Yeah. Not, like... Let's just replace him. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I know that Will Smith would have been good in this. Like, I, he would have been better in this than the other movie, obviously, yeah. because of the script's better and you have a better director. 
But Idris Elba was incredible. I mean, I've never seen him in anything I don't like either. He was so good. Uh, so it's it's he was amazing. And it's like I didn't miss Will Smith. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Well, and I think what helps is Will Smith is one of the most charismatic actors in the world. Uh-huh. He rules. When you see him, even when they're like, hey, he's a bad guy, you're like, you're going to have to really prove it because I just want to hang out with this guy. He's cool. <laughs> and yeah. Idris Elba is, he can skirt the line because he's done a lot of different roles. Whereas Will Smith, this is not a critique. He's the good guy. Yeah. He's, he's like a Tom Cruise type where it's like, I show up, I'm the good guy. Yeah, one of the most iconic villain roles that I, Idris, Ilba, Idris Ilba has fulfilled is Charles Minor in The Office. <laughs> True, yeah. <laughs> um, so, Batista was also supposed to be Peacemaker, but he okay. was filming Army of the Dead. Okay. And I think that works in our favor. Batista would have been great, but I think John Cena is great in this, mm-hmm. and I think him and James Gunn had a real camaraderie, mm-hmm. hence James Gunn just in quarantine, just started randomly writing Peacemaker, the TV series, for fun. Yeah. And HBO was like, yeah, we'll order it. And he's like, okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I was just do, doing this for fun. Kicks and giggles. Yeah. They're um, like, yeah, you can continue to do that. We'll just pay you for it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, let's see. that. So it's in the trailers, too. But you know when King Shark rips apart that man? Yeah. That is, uh, of course, the shark is fake. What? But they they that's a practical that's effect. That's a real corpse. That's a it's a real corpse. <laughs> that's a real like they built like a that's thing cool. and they ripped it apart. That's cool. And it makes sense cuz that shot looks so good. It does. <laughs> um and then finally that's that's what I got. Okay. So Idris Elba is Charles Minor in the office. He is also in Beast of No Nation. Oh, we did Maybe we didn't cover him in Thor Ragnarok. He's in Thor Ragnarok. And he's also in Luther. He is and Luther. He's in The Wire, which I think kind of gets him into he the is? American audience. I don't know. I think I forgot about that. Yeah. And then John Cena is in Trainwreck, 12 Rounds. He's, you know, the WWE Blockers. fighter. What? The movie Blockers. Yep. Bumblebee. Is he in a fast movie? Yep. F9. He's in F9. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's, truly, it's John Cena. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've, it's almost borderline I'll see anything he's in these days. Except but, you haven't seen any of those, except I, for well, this the is Suicide a, well, this Squad. Well, this is the story of John Cena. Okay. <laughs> Didn't care about him. Always thought it was... This is something that I've, as I've gotten older, I've just gotten over. But like, oh, he was a wrestler, like one of those fake wrestlers, and now he thinks he can just act. Ugh, yeah, boring. And now you're like, oh, that makes sense why they are so charismatic. One that, one that and makes can sense. Act. <laughs> and then two, uh, he he's in Train Wreck, like I said, and I saw that movie. It felt like against my will because I really didn't want to watch it. Ended up liking that movie. Uh huh. And he was in it, and I'm like, what? He's actually pretty good. <laughs> and that's kind of been the beginning of John Cena for me. Yeah, you've seen two of his movies. That's not true. Um, <laughs> and then Nathan Fillion's in this movie. He plays TDK. That's oh Castle. Uh, we and have he's to in save Serenity. him for Oh, he is in Firefly. That He's the Firefly guy. Yeah. Um, also, Flula Borg is in this, who is in Pitch Perfect 2, Trolls, Trolls World Tour. We have to cover Pitch Perfect at some point. Oh, There's yeah, three of to. those. Yeah. 
I've only seen the first one. Me too. Um, he does a ton of voice acting, and he's one of the best guests on Comedy Bang Bang. Very funny guy. And then Mailing Ne, I don't know her last name is Ng. I'm sorry if okay. I pronounced that wrong. I absolutely did. She plays Mongol. Uh, she is in. Who is Mongol? That's the girl hanging off of the helicopter. She's orange. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Um, she is in Wonder Woman. She's Orana. I don't know. Probably one of the um, what is that place called? Amazons. She's also in the Scorpion King, Book of Souls, Debt Collectors, Blood Hunters. Just a ton of action. And then Pete Davidson, or should I say, the King of Staten Island? Yes. So he's in that movie. He's also in The Dirt. I guess. Oh man, weird. Also set it up and SNL, of course. And then I wanted to give little shout outs as well to the the people in the room with Viola Davis. Oh yeah, they yeah. So good. They were all very funny. So Steve Aggie, 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 I don't know. Um, he is in that's the guy with the glasses and the facial hair. Who okay. at one point was like, I'm so effing good at my job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, he is a new girl superstore. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh. He is. I'm I'm kind of seeing him. Really? Yeah, he is in it's volume two when they captured Groot and Taserface is like Oh, he's like one of the uh, one Ravagers? Of the, yeah. Oh, okay. I, I can see that. his face. Um and then Tina Tennessee Kajesi plays Flo. Uh, she is in Cold Case, Powers, Dynasty, Valor, and a ton of other TV shows, as well as Jennifer Holland, who plays Amelia. Um, she is in American Horror Story, the upcoming American Horror Story season. Oh no, a past American Horror Story season. American Pie presents Book of Love, Beauty Juice, Brightburn. Beauty Juice, ew. Yeah. And that is the oh no no that's not everyone. Well, uh, I haven't gone over Ratcatcher. Yeah, go over Rat go over Ratcatcher. I just wanted to say that um, Sean Gunn is in this movie mm -hmm. and he gets billing. And the the movie I was like he got billing for one line. I know, I know. But he's a weasel. He's the voice of the weasel. And he was in it. I'm sure he was on set as. But you saw the scene that he was in. Yeah. He, yes. He, oh, okay. So Sean Gunn is in it as like a prisoner. Yeah. In the thing, but he also does the voice of weasel and i'm sure that he was on set because you know he does the onset rocket yeah. for guardians so i'm sure he was like running around doing oh, the weird weasel so stuff funny yeah I, yeah i didn't know that <laughs> so um the rat catcher is daniela melchior um she is in masa fresca uh part wow she is in like hardly any american things she was so good. Yes. The Black Book of Father Denis, The Payback. And those titles that I'm reading are not actually American movies, but it's like translated. Oh, tra okay. Um, she was so amazing. She was fantastic. I mean, she was like, she, um, she almost, I think it's kind of like a three or four way tie for like best performance, uh -huh. but she's definitely up there uh -huh. and, and maybe the most emotional uh, uh, core of the movie. Yeah. And then um, Sylvester Stallone plays Noe, the we shark. We know who Sylvester is. But yeah, I, it's 
it's rock adrian it's rocky and then i am pretty sure we have talked about david desmelchian who plays polka dot man because of ant-man so i'm not gonna yes. get into him he's but great in this he's movie. the he's he great. plays the russian and ant-man yeah that's about it that's it okay um uh, that's most so before we jump into the plot, one last thing before we lose you people who haven't watched the movie yet. I wanted to say something that James Gunn did that is has so far been overlooked in the things I have read. He did a very brilliant stroke of genius, and that is this. He did not include any references or any appearances of the Joker. Yes. And I think that is one of the smartest... I, I know that that's like... Duh. It's one of the smartest things this movie does. Yes. Because if you remember in Birds of Prey, they have like they still have flashbacks of Joker and she talks about Joker so much in that movie. And and that I it gotta sort say, of overshadows the whole movie. It does. And and you just listened to our episode of that a week ago. So I two I, weeks ago. Because Wonder ago? Woman 1984. Oh, right. But you just listen to Birds of Prey and hear us talk about it. And it's like, that's not necessarily wrong to put Joker in that movie because I think it could have been a good heartbreak movie. Yeah. But it was not done well. No, no. And and best case scenario, just don't talk about it. Yeah. So just having it in here like this is just a stroke of genius. So yeah. now let us enter the movie. Do you agree? So Spoilers galore. Spoilers galore. Hit it, Micah. The movie begins, and we are introduced to Michael Rooker. Mm -hmm. and he is the savant. He's the yes, good job. Wow, um, I didn't remember. I was just looking up stuff. That's why. I, well, actually, I didn't remember even just now. He is in, it's his, it looks like he's some kind of solitary confinement recess time. Yeah. He's bouncing a ball and kills a bird with it. Oh, and like I said, the movie starts with uh, Folsom City, Folsom Prison Blues, and immediately I was like, oh, I'm going to love this. Immediately I laughed for different reasons, to which Micah didn't know I didn't pick up on it. But if you've watched I Think You Should Leave season one, and you've seen the sketch where they're in the studio, and Tim Robinson's like skeletons and their money blah 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 and then this the Folsom city blues <laughs> song played and i'm like oh my gosh that's the, i guess that's the song yeah i was laughing already so one good, second good in. joke yeah um so the movie starts we see michael rooker and he there's there's this bird like he's throwing this bouncing ball and he has all these x's around his outdoor confinement and he can bounce them all to himself and then he throws them in a way that they hit this bird and kill it. Mm -hmm. And um, then Amanda Waller shows up. But before that, when it shows him and it spent... In the puddle? In the puddle? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. It I mean, this movie is like the whole time. It's like this is a an artist is directing the movie. Because yeah. as you know, like a lot of the times in franchise movies like this where it's superheroes, there's not a lot of artistry that goes into it. it it's almost like it's just an action movie. Yeah. Okay? So there can't be art. or we're, we're, That's not a focal point. And there's and this, a lot of stuff that's just like, this is a comic book panel. Yes. Like, that's what he made it look like. Yes, it's like remembering that it is a comic book. Yes. And, and when it started like this, I was like, this is what I thought was going to happen. 
and I got really excited. It still would have been cool if this happened, but it's okay that it didn't. Is starts with him, and we're spending like two minutes with him right off the bat, or at least it felt like that. And I'm going, no way. He just pulled the rug out from under us with all the trailers and stuff not really having this character in it. This is our main character. Yeah. And I was like, this is insane. And the way they did it, even to the beach, you know, they're on the mission. Yeah. And it's all shown from his perspective. Totally. So it's like, even if Idris Elba is the main character and like John C, you have like all those other people who like are. Like he's going to be the heart. He's going to be the heart. And like, it's all going to be kind of like experienced through him. Yeah. And it could, I was like, maybe there's a world too where like these other characters have done missions before already. And he, this is his first time. And that's why we're spinning. He, yeah. He's like the audience. Yeah. Didn't happen the way, but that's fine. Yeah. So, so then, Viola, da oh, Viola Davis comes in and she explains everything that took everything in this movie within a minute to Michael Rooker that took a whole act of the first movie. Yeah. Yeah. Where she explains what he's doing, what it means yeah. for him if he does it, and the objective. Uh-huh. And they in just like get it minute. out of the way. And already, so, so you know, it's like they have to go over stuff that's been gone over in Suicide Squad. Yeah. You know, like injecting the... Uh, yeah, but they did it so fast. They did it fast and so much more well-written. Um, and part of that is, let's not forget, 2016 was edited by trailer editors, not yeah. film editors. That's part of the But that was also... Reason that part of the movie where it was all style, no substance. Cause they, you know, she's going through the files and it's taking forever for every oh, yeah. character. And for this, it's just like just Michael Rooker. They put the thing in him and then he gets on the plane and you see some other people. Absolutely. It's great. Yeah. And by the way, the person who puts the chip in him, uh, is a, a famous comic book writer. Oh, that's cool. And it's like, it's like the run that James Gunn did not base this on because he he didn't like take a direct storyline, but it was like the run that inspired him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, so I, like that. I thought that was pretty cool. So they get on this helicopter, and they go to the beach. Well, who does he meet? Um. Well, but remember, it goes back to them. No, they there's some time spent in the helicopter before they get out of it. You're right. So we kind of meet like Pete Davidson, the Black Knight. Oh, let me look it up. Um, we meet Harley Quinn. Who shows up like late? Yeah. Uh, TDK, and that was hilarious because they said, "What does your name mean?" Oh, he's Blackguard. Pete Davidson's Blackguard. Blackguard, which he just has guns on him, so you're just like, "Okay, he's really good yeah. with weapons." Yeah. And then TDK, they're asking him, "That's the castle guy. Um, what do you do? Like, what does that stand for?" And he just says, "That's just my name." Yeah. Very funny joke with that. And then Flula is, um, um javelin. Javelin, and he carries a javelin yeah and i love his outfit it's so ridiculous yeah, yeah. and his hair is so crazy too um, and then we see um we see rick flag again rick flag every time they've said his name all i can think of is randall flag from the stand yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> but rick flag of course he's in this again it makes sense that he's in this i think he's fine i think he's great yeah because they gave particularly him particularly toward the end yeah. when he makes a stand and stuff it's like nice yeah um and then so he's the one he's the corporal he's still yeah. in charge of everything and he's not a bad guy no. he's like a military man yeah and um so they go Just in remember in the first movie when they introduce his character and like you know he's like the best of the best so he's perfect for cia black ops stuff. yeah and all they show is him killing people 
Yeah, yeah. Like breaking into rooms and just killing people. Just shooting immediately. It yeah. could be anybody in that room. <laughs> so they go to this beach. They they come down. The weasel gets dropped down, and the weasel drowns. Yeah, it can't swim. Oh, the weasel is so... It's my favorite. It doesn't blink, I don't think. Not really. It looks so gross, and it's... It looks like a puppet. Like, the animation's good. Well, the animation's amazing. The, the, the visual effects in this movie are so good. Yeah. But they... So Michael Rooker, like, takes the weasel to the shore, and he's like, the weasel's dead. And right then and there, I was like, what is this movie that we're watching? And this movie is funny right off the bat. Yes. Because, you know, the, the last one, and just kind of superhero movies in general, it's not a comedy first. Yeah. This movie is absolutely a comedy first. There's a lot of funny stuff okay. going on. I think it's definitely that first. It, there's a lot of that going on. So even when the weasel is drowning and all the people in in the behind the computers, yeah. someone says, someone didn't check if the weasel could swim. Yeah. And they just look at the guy who's responsible for knowing all of those things. Yeah. Oh, man, it was so funny. So funny. The only thing I would say, and this is not a complaint, I think that like the middle, uh, probably hour and 20 minutes, um, I did not find all that funny compared to like the first 30. Okay. And that and, makes sense. I mean, it's a very strong opening. I, ju I just think that like after after Peacemaker and Bloodsport like kill that village, the movie's just like not that funny anymore. And I don't think that it's, it, it, there's still jokes, but it's not true like doing as many i think that's all okay, it is but it's definitely more lighthearted. yeah oh yeah and again usual i'm not complaining about that I know, aspect I know. but like uh like i think of guardians 2 and that's like i laugh in every scene and this movie was not like that okay speak for yourself that's okay though speak for yourself okay um so they storm this beach we find out that um tdk is the the detachable kid or something the detachable um kinetic or something or maybe it is the detached it's the detachable kid you're right i think that's what they said and what he does is he can detach <laughs> his appendages so he detaches his arms which was the funniest moment of the whole movie it was for the funniest me. Mo one of the funniest moments and the arms just float pretty slowly to the people with guns <laughs> <laughs> and the, the like the hands are just like kind of slapping people. yeah and, and the way he has to move his body to control it is so is that funny a real character i have no idea well before that even happened we got a real reality check on how gory this movie was going to be. They started strong. Pete Davidson's the first one to storm the beach. Oh, right. And they're not supposed to. They need to like Yeah, he like figure out what they're in. doing. So he's like, "Hey guys, like it's remember me. our deal?" They I am not kidding, blow his face off. And then in his blood, it spells the Suicide Squad. No, it says Warner Brothers presents. Oh, that's what it says. <laughs> Which is it's a it's a great way to start it because it's also like a mission statement for the movie. Oh, absolutely. And it's it's kind of saying, it's like, you, you love Guardians, but this isn't Guardians, but it's still going to be a lot of fun, okay? So yeah. just be with us here. Yeah. Yeah, that, that scene's great. Like, almost everyone on the beach gets killed. Captain Boomerang dies, so he made one of the smartest decisions a filmmaker's made. And getting and rid of Jai Courtney. <laughs> getting rid of Mr. Potato Head himself. Yeah. And so he gets rid of him. And Lula dies. He Lula gets dies. shot like crazy. And I mean, it. it's like, I, I I was bummed for some of them because I was like, there's more oh, there. I, I kind of want more but... Pete Davidson. Oh, yeah. Or like, I want some more Flula. But okay. I want more. I want heck of a more weasel. Yeah. But. And and so so most of them die. Besides Harley and, and then the Mongol. She 
So chaos is ensuing. They're just shooting everyone like crazy. Bombs are exploding. And Mongol, she jumps onto a helicopter and just starts swinging from it and is screaming bloody murder. Like, <laughs> what did I just do? And the helicopter is like slowly crashing yeah. to the shore. And she is just screaming. Yeah. It is so funny. It's very funny. And and that great I love that shot when the, it's kind of it's doing all the cast and stuff. And the camera's like running across the beach and like mm -hmm. kind of out of focus, like looking at everyone that's dead. Mm -hmm. I, there was something like so intense about that shot that I really loved. Mm -hmm. um, and I, it, I was reading David Sims' review of the movie, and one of the things he pointed out that I really like is that he's like, "We're in this state where we've we have several superhero movies a year, and James Gunn is challenging the audience to see if they're gonna care about someone who." throws polka dots someone who controls rats and he's like there's a character named tdk tdk like like the, no one knows who these people are unless you're like steeped in the lore yeah and he is like are you gonna are you gonna fall it's like a challenge to yeah. the audience like yeah. are you gonna follow and then having them just murdered willy-nilly is kind of like are you still gonna care yeah and it, it's almost like a um what's what's the term when you're like going against the grain of a genre I mean, you can say that. Well, but but it's like a term, you know, when when you um change expectations or you know, like uh like scream is a of horror movies. Commentary. Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's sort of that. That's not the word I know. I'm looking what for, is but word? um not regressive. No. Someone's probably going to text us and let us know. Yeah. And then I'll have to be like, "What are we what were we talking yeah. about?" <laughs> but so it does all that, and then it says three days earlier, and then we get introduced to Bloodsport. He is in prison, of course. They all are, and he's cleaning. Yeah. Keep going. Oh, I've okay. talked so he much. He cleans a toilet, some phones, oh, scrapes some gum. A little too much detail. So yeah, so he he is cleaning, and Viola Davis comes up to him with all of her her employees talking about him how he was raised the moment he was born he was trained by his father to yeah. be to to be the best killer there is he can turn anything into a weapon he's the best also he's messed up though yeah um and she wants him to join th the next mission that she has and he won't do it he has no interest in it and then she tells him that he is a visitor and it's his daughter so his daughter tells him that she got in trouble for stealing or got arrested for stealing and she stole a watch. And um, he is not mad that she stole the watch. He's mad that she got caught and she's mad at him that that's why he's mad at her. Yeah. He's not a good father. He's actually not even a father because he's yeah. in prison. He's yeah. not even there. And then they even talk about uh, like, well, mom's not here anymore. So it's all on you. And he's like, yeah, that's just like her to put everything on me. So it's like, Huh? Yeah, he's not a good Gross. Guy. And yeah. then, like you said, they just start screaming F you at each other. And she just, in that heated moment, is telling him, like, I want you to be a dad. Yeah. But I'm ashamed of you. Totally. Um. So then he meets up with Viola Davis again. And pretty much Viola Davis threatens him with, if you don't do this for me, your daughter is going to go to actual prison. Because as a 16-year-old, she can be tried as an adult. And they do so much better in this movie of making her a bad guy. Absolutely. Because in the first movie, they did not know what they were doing with her. Well, yeah, and she is a bad guy in that one, but it's it comes across as like, is this a performance thing? Or do, like, what? Like, 
you're just annoyed. And this one, you're like, you're like, some, like, like when they said that thing, and then it turns to the per- when she's like, you know, your daughter can get killed or whatever. Um, and then it turns oh, yeah, to the, the IT guy, yeah. and he's like, we wouldn't do that, right? And she doesn't answer. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Like, she's going to get her comeuppance in this movie in a much more satisfying way. Yeah, well, in the last movie, she doesn't even get hurt. Yeah. So, really? Yeah, it's like it's like in the last movie, it's ends justify the means, and the movie ends, and they're like, see? In this movie, it's like the ends don't justify the means. She was wrong. Yeah. And, and we're not okay with her being wrong. Yeah. So, by threatening his... His, his on his daughter's life, uh, Bloodsport decides to join her. Oh, and he wants she wants him to be the leader. Yeah, she says she's gonna make a leader out of him, and he doesn't care. He's just like, I will do this thing, whatever you need. Yeah. So we know a little bit about him and how he's really dangerous and a bad guy. He was also an assassin, like Bloodshot. Bloodshot. No, uh, Deadshot, Deadshot. Where he killed for money. And he he put uh. Superman in the ICU with yeah. a kryptonite bullet. Pretty cool. Yeah. So she's going around to round up the other people who are going to be part of this mission. First, it's John Cena, who is Peacemaker. And the way she describes him is 2AT exactly what Bloodshot is. Yeah. Very funny. Bloodsport is. Bloodsport, yeah. This is going to be impossible. <laughs> um, yeah. Very funny. And you had a good thing that I that I, I liked what you said about that. You want to yeah, say it well, again? Well, it's just um, he's he's kind of poking fun at just the idea, uh, several things, like the idea of someone who's just good at weapons being in a superhero universe. And he's also poking fun of like just in in the other movies how there's just all these characters and you kind of don't care what they're pa- like w- what there is to them. Not, not that- if they're like that. I, the yeah. polka dot man, you bet I'm interested in what he can do. Yeah. But... There's just so many yeah. characters. It's it's funny to make a joke that's like, yeah, we're the same character. What? Yeah. And then they're trying to one up each other. Especially the whole in the movie. DC universe. Yeah. So they do that, and then they finally. Um, well, then they they meet Noe, which is a shark man. Yeah. And they they believe that he might be like a descendant of some ancient shark people. Yeah. Uh, cool. Yeah. He's amazing. I love that character so much. And he he just wants people. He has no friends because he's a shark, and all he wants to do is eat people. But he's also trying to prove himself that he is basically a person. Yeah. Because when we're introduced to him, he's reading a book, but he's reading it upside down. Yeah. And he's trying. He's based. I think he even says, "I'm smart." Yeah, I like read book. Yeah, hilarious. So then, then we meet Rat Catcher. Rat Catcher two. Yeah, so what does two mean? Well, because her dad is Ratcatcher. Her r- dad is Ratcatcher, and they refer to her as Ratcatcher two. Okay, that's, and that's what just, it is on IMDb too. It's just funny. Uh, f- again, to go back to the David Sims thing, where it's like we've talked, we've talked, about, we've had so many characters in these movies. Like, how far in the depths of comic books are we gonna go? And he's like, "Here's Ratcatcher two, and he makes her the heart of the movie. I know. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Um, so. They get them all together. Then they basically say that they have like a PowerPoint presentation. Oh, they make a polka dot guy. Polka dot man. Well, I like that part. That was funny too because they said, okay, well, what does he do? What does he th- do? Yeah. Does he throw polka dots at people? And then she doesn't answer. Great. So then uh, we go to uh, the little meeting. She explains the mission and then we're like caught up. So, yes. Essentially, the mission is uh, on 
something Maltese. I forget the first part of the name of the country. Um, There has been this family that's run it, but they just have been assassinated. And now this other guy's in charge, but these two other guys want to be in charge. Uh, Not only, but they're not who you need to worry about. They've been working on this like secret extraterrestrial experimenting on human thing. And I forget what the place is called. And that's what we want to get taken care of. The Jotunheim. Jotunheim. You got to destroy whatever's inside it. That's the yeah. mission. But it's really about the records within. Well, that's the twist, Micah. Well, they've seen the movie. They got past the spoiler part. That's true. So they go to the beach, and we see that that the other team that we saw get murdered in the movie uh, was a distraction so that this team could get on clear and safe. Yes. And while that happens, Margot Robbie is taken captive, and so is Rick Flagg. Yes. We assume. And so we have some great stuff. We have, like, Polka Dot Man puking dots. He he grows dots on his face. And then like he has on his to, body, like, like, like expel it, them. And he says, he all he does is explain it as a rash. Yeah. The makeup is really crazy. good. Yeah. And I think it is makeup. It's like it's like they put, like, LED balls yeah, under. Yeah, there was one in his mouth, too, because remember he wakes up in the middle of the night, and he's just like, oh. And he goes and, he and, goes and pukes, and pukes up dots. Yeah. Um, and then you find out that what, what do you find out? You find out that, um, blood sport has a phobia of rats Yeah, and this is a small plate for comedic effect. However, I think it is, I I just really like that addition to his character because, Uh and going back to the last movie, you know, with Will Smith's character, he was pretty dang boring. Because mm-hmm. all he did was an assassin that I guess shot really well and really wanted to be with his they daughter. completely relied on his charisma. And it almost works because that's how good of an actor he is. Yeah, but in this it's like he he's a person with fears. And you and that's kind of another thing that James Gunn is challenging is like, no, he mean he's not invincible. He's scared of tiny little rats. Yep. Which I think is also kind of it ends up being kind of beautiful. Uh-huh. Because at the end of the movie, when rats become a good part of it, and you have that little note from Taika. Yeah. About rats are the most beautiful creatures because they're the lowest of society. If they have a purpose, if they so have a do purpose. we. And that's, I think he is afraid of himself. He doesn't, oh, wow. he doesn't yeah. feel self-worth. I, I think that's like a really big metaphor yeah. for his character. Yeah. Um, so that I think is also cute. The little rat that rat catcher has a little like backpack on the whole time, just yeah. waving at people. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Very cool. It's awesome. So, um, also at this camp, no way is about to eat rat catcher. So it's just a little bit of them getting to know each other. Yeah. Some laughs. And then and then they basically find out that Rick Flagg is in a location and Amanda Waller says, Go to them, go get him and kill with like no prejudice. Yeah. Just kill him. So Peacemaker and Bloodsport go into this camp. And they start killing people in hilarious fashion. It's very funny. A lot of cool, like, pretty long shots and stuff. Like, the action sequence is really good. One of the craziest ones was when John Cena pulls a hatchet out of a man's head and then walks up to someone sleeping and just hacks (coughs) them (coughs) while he's walking. Yeah. Guys, we're having fun in the theaters. And it's a DC movie. And we're having fun. Yeah. Um, And so... Sorry, really funny, where towards the end of that sequence, John Cena shoots a guy and Bloodsport says it's not a fatal shot. And Cena says, hold on a second. It's a compression shot or whatever. So it explodes. And then the person like literally explodes. Yeah. And he's like, 
mine's cooler. And Bloodsport turns away and he's like, oh, he's right, it is cool. Yeah. <laughs> and it was cool that like, it, you know, they're they're talking to each other earlier in the movie, you know, and he's like, well, I would hit more in the center than you. And Idris Elba's like, how would you do that? And he goes, smaller bullets. And there's like a payoff yeah, yeah, to that yeah, later yeah. in the movie. Right. Um, when they, when he kills him. So, uh, they wind up getting to Rick Flag, and he was actually in He was the, rescued, not captured. Yeah, by the rebels. And then the person that he's with is like, how come I wasn't alerted? And they're like, oh, n- just, I don't think anyone was around. And then she sees all of these dead bodies. Yeah. And I, I think the movie does skirt the line really well where it's like, what? like she would be devastated. And I think she is. And she doesn't want to work with them. They just, enemy of my enemy is my friend. Yeah. And I think it pulls it off, actually. Yeah. Because, I, you know, Suicide Squad 1, if they did that same scene, I'd be like, why would she ever join them? I know. But I think for, for this, too, it's like the cause is bigger than everyone else. Yep. And I mean, it's and just it's, a better she's, written she's movie. She's such a small character, and it's actually, yeah, like you said, it's good. I actually yeah. wanted to see who she was. She looks familiar. Okay. Alice Braga. She's an I Am Legend. That's got to be what it is. Um. So then what happens after that? So now they're with them. Uh, one of the other funniest parts of the movie. So they're they're walking. They need to get to the city, or to get they need to yeah figure out a way to get into city the city. But it's pretty much blocked off by the army. Let's just say yeah. So it as is. they're as they're walking through the forest, trying to get to a place where they can even start that part of the mission, um, they learn a little bit more about Polka Dot Man. Um, oh yeah, and he tells them that when he was a kid. His mom was a scientist and would experiment on him and his brothers and sisters. And what he has is a um, interdimensional virus. Virus. So his mom was trying to make her children superheroes. Yeah. When actually, because someone said, well, what about your brothers and sisters? Pretty much they're all dead. Yeah. Because earlier in the movie, too, he he said something about like, oh, I don't like, I think he doesn't like killing unless it's his mom. Yeah. And then, so he's telling this story about how terrible his mom was and how abusive she was. And then he looks at everyone and they're all his mom. Yeah, because then they're like, how do you kill? And he's like, everyone looks like my mom. That's what it is, yeah. Or I, all, I see my mom on everyone. Yeah. And they do, like, effects that... that it is so funny. <laughs> it's very funny. I, that's one of my favorite things. And then at one point, too, I think it's Ratcatcher 2. Something happens and she's like... That person, like this, that person is insane. And P- Polka Dot Man says, "No, I'm the crazy one." Yeah. He's just kind of like forlorn. Yeah, kind of well, woe is me. I think she says, "I think she says, I thought you were the insane one." And he's like, he says, I, "I am." am. <laughs> After someone does something totally crazy. Yeah. So meanwhile, Harley Quinn, there's like an interlude almost. That's like yeah. only Harley Quinn. Yeah. And guys, it's see, good. See previous episodes. I like this part of the movie a lot. So Harley Quinn gets captured by the bad guys, and she, they, they, they like how she's so anti-American. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what this, the whole concern is that this country, whatever this experiment is, is going to take over America. Yeah. Because they hate America. Oh, and by the way, uh, if, if you listen to the end of our Birds of Prey episode, I, there was a cutout part where I talked about how it was weird that Harley Quinn voted for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. And we talked about that kind of a funny throwaway joke thing, but um, Mike did point out because uh, he he sent like a cry laugh face and was like, "That's very funny." And then he said, "She is a felon though, so she wouldn't have been able to vote." 
<laughs> and I was like, oh, touche. <laughs> so um, we get there, and she is being treated as a queen. Mm-hmm. And she spends the day with this pr- the president of that country. Mm-hmm. And she is... Like they just have this magical day, and the whole it's a little it turns bit into like, like a romance. It's thing. a little bit like promising young woman with the tone change, the the hard yeah, yeah. tone change. And so she's basically like, okay, I can be with this guy. They have crazy sex, um, which is also pretty funny. Which I don't always find well, those also funny. Also, this part of the movie is like very beautifully shot, like you said, like yeah. a romance. Because the part when she's when he takes her to like the the parrots in the cage. Uh huh. It's just like it's like very beautiful. Yeah. Looking. It's great. And then he they after they have sex, he's like looking over the town. That's after he proposes to her too. Yes. And he says, you know, I basically can't wait for this thing to be done cuz I'll rule the entire world and I will just have to like I can kill anyone I want, anyone who opposes me. And then he turns around and gets shot. And pretty quickly dies. And as he's dying, Harley's like, you know what? I made myself a promise. And I said, I have a pretty bad taste in men and um, a bad pattern. So I was going to kill anyone that I got close to that that had any red flags. And killing children and women is a pretty big red flag. Yeah. And she's like kind of like almost crying about (laughs) it. Because she's like, I really didn't want to kill you. But she's just being so, uh, uh, oh, what's the term? Like... Like she, she's just being so reasonable about what she's talking about as this man is losing his life. Yeah. It's very funny. And then they they arrest her. Mm-hmm. And the rest of the team and needs to recover. It her. cuts to that other guy who was like the this president's right-hand man. And they said, yeah. she killed him. You are the president now. Which is right. al- like kind of like, it almost felt like that was his plan. They, they were going to get hook her up with him because they thought that she would kill him. Oh, Almost like okay. there was an alternate plan of that. And remember later in the movie when that guy dies and uh-huh. they tell this other guy, you're the president now. It's almost like they planned that. Yeah, you're right. Um, so there's all of that. And then she, she's strung up. I'm just going to sure. stick with the Harley Quinn sure. line. They're strung up. She's strung up and they're electrocuting her with a cattle prod, trying to get information out of her. And then she is able to break out, use mm-hmm. her... Um, Cirque du Soleil gymnast skills. <laughs> yep. As we've actually seen in Suicide Squad. So it felt actually kind of like a loose tie-in yeah. to that. Um, a, that's not, I mean, yeah. I don't, I can't remember what that's called. Yeah, I can't either. But she gets out, she like kills everybody. And then there's this great sequence where she goes through the halls of this mansion and kills everyone. Mm-hmm. Takes the javelin that Javelin the Man gave her. is really good. It's great. She's like jumping off the walls. She's, it, it reminded me of the good parts of Bird of Prey. Well, so what I was thinking about this is this is when it was happening, I was saying this is what Birds of Prey was trying to do and wasn't doing. Because there's like animation. It's like yeah. we're seeing what's in her head. And I was like, that's what Birds of Prey was supposed to be. And, and, and it's, it's not. And it like kind of was because the action was, I thought, good in Birds of Prey. It was, it was. But but I get what you're saying. It's it, this. It was just like that, but with an artistic flair to it. Yes. So she, as she's murdering, there's like flowers exploding around her. Yeah. And animated birds. Yeah. 
And then and she's using Flula's um I javelin. That. Oh, sorry. Sorry. But then she escapes, and as she escapes, the rest of the suicide squad had caught up and they're like getting ready to you've seen it in the trailer. That well, and you've seen the movie now. They're like getting ready to get her out, and then she's like, Hey guys, what you doing? Mm-hmm. And they're like, We were gonna get you out. We we had this great plan and everything. And And she's just like so touched by that. She is, and it's like, yeah. I can go back in. <laughs> yeah. Now and and before that, I wanted to comment too. They go to this bar, the rest of the team, mm-hmm. and they have like a really fun night together until the military comes. Mm-hmm. And I just want to say that it reminds me of that horrible scene in Suicide Squad when they go to the bar. When they go to the bar, and it just feels like they're not connecting in a real way. And this felt like they actually did. And so I liked this scene, and it made sense to me that they were all connecting. And that was before. Uh, before that was they were in the bus. And oh um, right, Rat, we get we get Ratcatcher's two backstory, right? Um, and she grew up in Portugal with her and her father, and they were destitute. And he was a heroin addict. I uh-huh. like I do like how they did. It kind of reminded me of like a French movie or something, where like she's saying this, and the flashback is like the reflection of the window that she's looking out of. You know, yeah. Um, and her dad is played by Taika Waititi. Which at this point, I was like. Wait, you hired him for like three still images? That's kind of crazy. It was, yeah, and, it was. And distracting, actually. Yeah. But then when they had him say just the one line in the movie at the end, I was like, you're right. You you did have to hire like an actor that was recognizable and that we'd trust to deliver that line. And he's just so fun to look at. Yeah. Oh, he's um, the best. <laughs> meaning he's a good looking person. <laughs> I, don't, I didn't mean like he looks weird or something. Um but yeah, she says that she loved her father very much, even though she knew that he had a lot of addictions and problems. And uh-huh. like he, but he provided for her the best that he could, and he was the one who created the things that she uses to control the rats. Yep. And she tells, um, Bloodshot, Bloodsport, <laughs> that she wishes that she could give that love of her father to him, and it's just yeah. so sweet. I it love is. It. it is. I have a question. Okay. So the whole reason they're going to this club. It's just to find the thinker. Yes. Who uh, is cool design, practical. That's what I had a question about. He he has like a, it looks like He's played syringes by in his head. Capaldi, who was in Doctor Who. Wait, oh, that makes sense. He might be a doctor. I think he is. I think he is. Um, And then he's also in World War Z playing WHO doctor, World Health Organization doctor, also known as who, who doctor. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway. Wow, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, so, I was, I, I the design's great. I love the design. Uh-huh. But th- is it just to show that, that, like, he's just got a big brain? And he, like, I'm through, sure, through science he, and yeah. those things, it's been making him smarter? Yeah. I'm okay. sure it's comic book related, but. I, I liked it in the flashback with that he had less things on his head. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. And when stuff, I wasn't for sure, but when stuff started falling down, I think some of them got knocked off his head, I think. Oh, really? But I, I, I'm not sure. Okay. Um, so. So he frequents this nightclub. That's why they're at the nightclub. Yeah. To, to get him. And, you know, they get captured and stuff, then they get out, and then they get Harley. Let's, you know. Yeah. Zoom past a little bit. And then that guy, the thinker, helps them break into the Jotunheim. Mm-hmm. And here is where they're laying their charges, and the 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 
part is called Dirty Little Secrets because there's uh, uh, titles of sequences in the movie. Yeah. I love that throughout. Uh-huh. It, it, it's just so, it just keeps it fresh and fun. Yeah. Um, and light. Okay. Light. But earlier in the movie, they do explain what is the secret in the Jotunheim. Uh-huh. And it's this giant space starfish, which reminds me of like, it just feels like such a Guardians thing. Oh, yeah. Um, it reminded me of like the space worm that they fight in, this, oh, yeah. in volume yeah. two. But the space, the, the starfish is actually scary. It to looks me. great. It looks really good, but what it does is scary, man. And totally. Th- this type of graphic, gross goriness is like the, a kind that like freaks me out. Because when they basically the these American scientists or astronauts find the starfish and bring it into their ship, and it releases tiny starfish is that attach to people's faces, and it, it basically like releases its conscience consciousness. Yeah, and so when other people, when a starfish gets on your face, you become the starfish, and you're an extension of it. So for the past thirty years, the thinker has been testing on it and stuff, and he's been experimenting on people in that way. So when they get to the Jotunheim, to that part, uh, it's Ratcatcher, Rick Flag, and the thinker. You see all these people, these starfishes on their face, uh-huh. and it's like just gross and scary and unsettling. And then you see some of the people they've tested on. And it is like one of those things where they're not really showing you a lot. I mean, there's a lot. It's gross, yeah, but yeah. it is like, but why? But they don't explain like what yeah, the test but is. But when they show the one where the, the starfish is off him and his face is like starfish imploded in. Yeah. Nasty. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so you're telling me that you are like freaked out in a movie by something that can cause like, almost like a pandemic sort of response that's scary to you right now a little bit yeah (laughs) Uh, it was very funny grayson texted me this morning and uh he said as a joke i'm sure he said what do you think the starfish represented (laughs) and i said corporate america and the militarization of international countries also our desperate desire to control nature instead of leaving it be that was funny and i think it actually is kind Uh, of in the movie yeah (laughs) Because they find out that, like, um, the U.S. started this thing. And the reason yeah. that they're there is to destroy records. But she only let Peacemaker know that. Because he'll d- create peace if he has to kill any woman, man, that's or child. His, that's his bad, like, what makes him a bad guy flaw thing. It's, it, I mean, it's, like, kind of reminds me of the Punisher. Yeah. In that way, where it is, like, I will do This is do much anything. more self-aware than the Punisher. Much more <laughs> self-aware, absolutely. But it is just, like, I will be as violent as I need to be to serve justice. And what yeah. I believe is justice. Yeah. You know? Um, so, Rick Flag realizes all of this. And he is like, this is wrong. Yeah. I need to, like, get this out to people. Uh-huh. And that's when you're saying Peacemaker is not letting him do that. And what a cool shot when him and Rick flag start fighting and yeah. you're seeing it on his helmet. Oh my gosh. That shot was amazing. It was, and it was like, like a, it's like three, turning. Yeah. And you're seeing just the reflection of them two duking it out. Amazing. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and so they're fighting and, and Rick flags like, I serve the U S but I didn't serve it to protect lies. Like people need to know about this. This is wrong. Yeah. The U S is in the wrong and I'm going to stand up for what's right. Peacemaker's like, no, you're not, buddy. That's not how it's going to work. So they start fighting, and then, like, the whole building, like, col- starts collapsing. And yeah, then it, it says, did take me, oh, eight minutes later. It says eight minutes earlier. But we're with them. Sorry, yeah. They're with them for a long time. And I'm yeah. just thinking, 
what is happening with the other people? Like it was, it was that long. Yeah. Yeah. And then when it does the eight minutes earlier, it's like, oh, okay. I just really thought that potentially like I was going to get out of this movie and be like really good. Kind of weird that they just kind of forgot about those other characters. Yeah. Obviously they didn't. Well, and, and that's another thing when you think about the old movie is is there were there were points where it just felt like they were like oh I guess we have to cut back to this character and they'll also do nothing and right. and this is like it, it actually tricked you into thinking like did he not write this well and then it goes yeah. eight minutes earlier and it shows you what the other characters were doing so I like going to the to no way with what's going on with him yes earlier yeah. in the movie he couldn't get into the club because he is not human uh-huh so he is left to just wait in the van yeah for them and he just looks sad. And even yeah. earlier than that, when he's about to eat rat catcher and they stop him and everything, a rat catcher tells him like, you don't have friends, but you wouldn't eat friends. Right. Yeah. So I, I would love to be your friend. We're all your friend. Yeah. So he like gains a family in this, which uh-huh. is, you know, it's, it's a very, I feel like James Gunn thing that I love. Totally. Um, but so when they're setting the charges in the building and he very funny makes a little clay sculpture of peacemaker uh-huh. and peacemaker is like, not the time. But yeah. thinks, I guess. And he goes and he just leaves no way. Yeah. Like they, they do spend the time to show him being alone. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's sweet. So he starts just kind of wandering around. Like no one's really paying attention to what he's doing. And he gets to this like aquarium. And there are these little like weird jellyfish. Yeah. Really cute jellyfish creatures that are like mimicking him. Uh-huh. And he is saying that they're his friends. Yeah. Like it's very it's sweet. very cute and the music's crazy good. Bless you. Thanks. Yeah, and the music is so good. And it, it was just I, I am a little curious like why they chose to do that with that character, make him uh-huh. like the loner, other than like an obvious he's just not huge. Like he is not like everyone else. Right. Because when the building explodes and he gets thrown out of the building with everyone else, or like with the water. Um, then those well, even before that, those things get released from the tank and they start like trying to eat him. Yeah. And attach themselves to him. So they're, they're cute, but they're deadly. And I'm just wondering if that has anything to do with like, don't be friends with anybody. Like, like, like be careful who you choose. Yeah. To like open yourself up to. Yeah. I don't I, know. I, I, yeah. There's, there's something there that I haven't quite figured out, but, but it does feel like, you know, he's an outsider. And he'll maybe he'll always kind of be an outsider, but but it feels like the Suicide Squad actually uh, accept him at the end of the movie. Definitely, like they're his actual family. Well, it's almost like someone tells him, "We're your friends now," and then he sees these other things, and they're like, oh, "They could be my friends now." Yeah, and then maybe it's almost like a reminder, like you can't be, you can't get along with everyone. Yeah, like be get along, like like be with the people, choose to be with the people who choose to be with you. Yeah. I think yeah, I'm reading too yeah. much into it, but I, I just don't think, think it's so. very sweet. We we know how much uh, G- James Gunn uh, gets into friendship in his movies. I don't think yeah. that's reading too much. Maybe too little, if anything. Oh, so what is... M- must have been blood... so great for Sly Stallone to just work like one day, just record a bunch of lines and then be done. I'm. Sh- who do you think worked more, Vin Diesel or Sylvester Stallone? And I... Speak- Probably Vin Diesel, because I think he also did it in other languages. Yeah, he did. So Bloodsport and Harley and Polka Dot Man, they are going through. They're setting the charges. We've already said that, I think. Um, but then... They're in like an office. 
they're in an office and <laughs> the, the, polka dot man <laughs> drops some charges and he says oh frizzle frazzle i think <laughs> is what he says he drops some charges and then um just so sweet because because that one guy dies milton milton um, oh yeah he, who is like not powered he shouldn't have gone with them but that that's that's, that's it's, a joke oh i yeah, no, i know yeah, yeah, i'm yeah. saying i'm it's just so funny because even when the so he's just like the driver uh-huh. And he drives them there, and when when they w- go into the building, he went with them, and I thought to myself, that's pretty funny that he's going. Like, yeah. what is he doing? This random guy's part of the team, and then he gets, so he gets killed, killed, and then Polka Dot Man, Milton! Yeah, and, and oh, then I Harley... Oh, I really liked that guy. Harley and Bloodsport are like, who is that? Yeah, and he was saying that he was helping them. Yeah, yeah, Harley can't remember him at all, and then she sees his bloody face, and she's like, oh, Milton! <laughs> And then he releases a bunch of polka dots. Yeah. Um, and then it it starts the explosion early. Yeah. And um, then there's this scene, and I was thinking about this. This scene where Idris Elba is going down each uh, uh, level. level as the roof is collapsing. Um, that scene, in, in like any other movie, would suck and yeah. be so annoying, but this movie has earned it. Yeah. And there's so many character moments that it's just not a big deal. Yeah. Like it's it's a big deal like it's actually it actually works the way it's intended. Cuz I could see another action movie or even another superhero movie doing this and I'd be like, "Really? Can we go?" I know. But it totally works. Yeah, I don't they like you said, I think they earned it. And I think it also helps that it serves the story cuz he falls down and then he's right where Peacemaker and Flag are fighting. No, Peacemaker is about to kill Rat tracker oh so he'd already rat killed tracker? rat catcher rat catcher oh yeah he'd already killed and Rick. she stole the, the drive and he was gonna kill her and say basically she's means to an end or a uh, collateral so mm. he's about to kill her and then blood shot blood sport shows up <laughs> and they both shoot their guns at the same time but blood sports bullet is smaller and it rips right through and hits and kills peacemaker yes or what we believe he's dead and so harley polka dot man and no way are out in front yeah and no way like still ripping off those things off of him but he's fine yeah takes a lot to kill that guy i know because then the army just unloads on him oh that's right that's right yeah he's like he's like the hulk it just doesn't penetrate his skin no and that's when he rips someone up like in half yeah yeah eats a guy he he's like snacking on a guy's head that's pretty yeah, gross yeah um and then starro the huge starfish yeah breaks out it's huge it's huge it's scary by the way so funny i already told jordan this but there was an article that sir you know uh, uh news coverage like online journalism for superhero stuff is so bad yeah it is like the worst possible journalism um, because they take one sentence, they make a whole article about it, and it's usually anything out of to get clicks. Yeah, um, and there was someone who had it, this. Just the headline was like how James Gunn, Gunn's Suicide Squad could be more grounded than Marvel. Okay, or realistic or something like that. And someone just took a screen cap of that, and then they took a screen cap of the shark eating a man. And they just... That they, makes it more grounded than Marvel? No, no. Oh. 
someone was making fun of the article. Okay, okay, okay. They okay. took a picture of the article headline, and then they took a picture okay. of okay. King Shark yeah. eating someone. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, really? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's funny. Because this movie is just crazy. And I think it's a great, it, it's a perfect example of something we complain about a lot is like, you can be realistic in your superhero movies, but don't don't tamper that down. Like, if you're going to have a shark character in this movie, don't make it realistic. Just make him a shark let character that eat eats people. people. Yeah, yeah, let it eat people. And I think James Gunn is like perfect at that because Guardians yeah. is that same thing where he's like, yeah, he's a tree. Like he's going to do tree things. I'm not going to spend an hour with like a scientist who, you no. know, explains why this actually makes sense. Well, it's something. also just knowing what the movie is too for like Guardians. It's all cosmic. And yeah, once you're out in space and other things are happening, you can't Everything's explain on limits. Yeah, You can't explain anything. And then in this, you have a potentially ancient creature that is a shark yeah, yeah. you can't explain it scientifically yeah just so let it don't be. try and that's what aquaman did so well too yeah yeah so starro gets out he is big and really big it, it unleashes all of all of the tiny starfishes of itself and it's raining down over the which island. Th- those shots were like really good s- s- strangely like artistic and beautiful yeah just good. He did a good job. He did a great job. The more and I that, think that about the movie, was, the more I like that's it. That's like a part that was so scary to me is there might have been music, but I feel like there wasn't music when the, it released the starfishes. Yeah. And it's almost like we were watching news footage of these of yeah. these things floating in the air and you don't know what they are and what they do. And then they just start landing on people's faces. Yeah. Not what? Good. Yeah. That's scary. So they're doing that. And then basically this is the big showdown. You know, and and there's a there's a great shot where they kind of band together. They're all fighting, and Polka Dot Man imagines uh, Starro as his mom. Very funny. So funny. He unleashes his polka dots, and then he says, "I'm a superhero." superhero. Yeah. And then he dies. Yeah. I was a little. That was like the one death where I was like, I don't know that you needed to do. It him. was almost like, that. That still feels tropey. Where yeah. someone actualizes themselves or does something big, but it's also like an irreverent movie. Oh yeah. So it like it makes sense, but it almost like maybe it would have been better if it didn't happen because that's what we expected. Yeah, like we expected the unexpected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I also I, just really liked him. I know. I I wanted him because I'm I'm sure James Gunn is gonna make a sequel, right? There's like no way they don't make I Suicide don't, Squad yeah. two. I don't see a way. And and I saw in the in the stuff I was reading for this, that DC's pretty much like, yeah, we want you to, we want to keep working with you. You oh, know, they, okay. they already ordered Peacemaker yeah, for HBO. True. Yeah. I believe they started filming it already. As, as long as this movie doesn't lose too much money because of the situation it's in, I think that they'll with, definitely. With, with, you remember at the beginning, we talked about how like box office wise, I'm not, we're not yeah, sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Um, but as long as long as it does okay, yeah, I think they'll hire him again. Yeah, he'll just have to do Guardians first. I mean, maybe uh, yeah, you maybe can't. he'll just bounce back and forth. Well, that's my caveat <laughs> to this whole thing. He can make another one, but you got to make Guardians first. Well, and he, I know he's what I slated. say really matters. He, well, he is like, but it's because of what I say is what, what matters. <laughs> yeah. Well, and and for those who are wondering, next Christmas, twenty twenty two, we get the holiday special. Yes. And then the following year, we get Guardians three. 
That's all on the calendar. Yep. So, um, so they have the big fight. It's cool. The I action's think, great. So this is throughout it. Bloodsport has been the leader, but I feel like this is when he actually he really, really, really is a leader. Oh, it's it's because of this. I'm remembering. Most of the time they've been on the island, they can't contact Viola Davis. Yeah. And then oh, once yes. the building's destroyed, she can now freely contact with them again. And remember, people, if they do something outside of the plan, she can just kill them with a push of a button. Yes. So, I'm glad you remember this scene. Yeah. So they see the starfishes being unleashed across this island. And they, at first, he's, Bloodsport's like, well, my job's done. Yeah. But that that's also what's good about the characters here. Because you saw he was not a great guy, didn't care about anything, but he's like, one, the acting is so good. But yeah. you see that internal struggle where he's like, can we actually let this island fall? Yeah, and at first starfish? he's like, no, we're going to let it fall. I don't care. Yeah. But and then, then he kind of turns around and he's like, all right. Yeah. And then they all turn around. And I like uh, Polka Dot Man, how he's like walking away and everyone else leaves. And then he just kind of turns around like, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Funny. <laughs> Almost like he couldn't care either way. Uh, yeah. It's just like, oh, everyone else is doing it. Oh, sure. Yeah. So he, they, they, he be, uh, really becomes the leader now. So in yeah. the city, while they're fighting it, they, he is leading people, telling them what to do. Polka Might Man dies. So then he gets Harley, like, Harley get up, go high. So she gets up onto a building. Let me cut you off, though. Yeah. Uh, but you're, you're missing the, the part that I almost missed is that when they start walking away. Oh, yeah. Right. Waller, Sorry. Waller says, stop, I'm going to kill you. And she opens up the briefcase. <gasps> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one of the IT people smashes her on the head with a chair or something no, and knocks her club. out. Oh, that she was using earlier. Yeah. Hits her with a golf club and they're like, you're free to, like, proceed with the mission. This is control. And they start yeah. helping them. Yeah. And that was awesome. I love that. Because we finally got the come uppance for this character that has been so bad in these movies yeah. I, mean, I mean bad like she's just evil yeah and it felt really good it was very cathartic when that happened yes and it was cool to see the the control team step up and well, say I, we was, need to do the it right was great thing too because they, i mean they showed that they spent so much time we spent so much time with them more than usual uh -huh. with the with the people behind the computer because even at the beginning of the movie you see them taking bets on which which person's gonna die or not so there's like a yeah. kind of a fun com camaraderie going on here, but even throughout the movie, they're they're moral. So they're like questioning: Is this okay? Is this right? Yeah. And then they just take it into their own hands to do the right thing. Like these characters develop, and they're so minor characters. Yeah. yeah. But when they do that, when they hit her in the head, it's like yeah. Yeah. It's cool. It's great. So Harley. Harley goes up into a building to get a higher advantage. Knows what to do with the javelin. Now. Knows what to do with the javelin. Um. And then no ways trying to eat the starfish. Yeah. Starfish throws him into a building. Um, Harley, the building's collapses onto the building that Harley's on. I, as she falls into whatever's going on. Obviously she's not dead. She comes back, but, and then rat catcher, catcher two, two, uh, calls all the rats. Yes. Which was a cool moment. It was awesome. And she remembers her father. Yeah, so and well, then, and before, it, right before that. Okay. So she calls all the rats. It's completely, it's stopping the people who are trying to get after them. And then it starts climbing up the starfish. Yeah. And that's when Harley runs and stabs it through the eye with the javelin. 
and goes into like a pool of its And it's eye. like kind of beautiful. It is. And especially kind of beautiful watching these rats like eat, eat it apart. It's eye, like eat it from the inside out. It's gross. Well, if, but if pretty. rats have purpose, then we do too. Yeah. So then You know, you know, there's got to be something to So she's controlling these rats. There's like a limitless supply of rats. And the starfish was attempting to create a limitless supply of like its own mind, one hive mind, yeah, to kill everyone, and it was defeated by a hive mind. Yeah. That's kind of cool and poetic. Yeah, this movie is art. <laughs> yeah. So then, while that's happening, that's when we get the cut to Taika and Ratcatcher two as a child, and that's when he says, "What does he say?" Um. Oh, he says. She says, why the rats, Dad? Yeah. And he says, if a rat has purpose, then so do we. If, like, the lowliest of creatures yeah. has purpose, then we and do, too. And this part of the score is, like, <laughs> yeah. emotional. You're you're starting to feel things in your yeah. heart that you never thought you would feel watching a Suicide Squad movie. Well, this is... So it doesn't quite reach the length of, like, Rocket at the end of Guardians. Oh, no, no, no. But I think it reaches the height of, like, the, I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Well, it hits that height. It does, but... Which is a big high. But those two things that you're talking about happens in the second movie, and I don't know if you that would have been achieved if that was in the first movie. Yeah, that's a great point. So I have to think more of Guardians 1. Uh-huh. Which we watched not that long ago, and it pretty much made us cry at the end anyway. Yeah. Um, just very sweet. And while, while she's commanding the rats and recalling this memory, um, Bloodsport is being... The, the rats are climbing all over him, and he is freaking out. But you can see he's, like, understanding the usefulness at that point. Yeah. Because he has this intense phobia. And it's like he is seeing these lowly rats, these low people of society like himself uh-huh. doing something. Uh-huh. And I think it's cool. It's great. So, Starfish dead. Oh, and and the Starfish through another person says... Um, oh gosh! What, what I was say? just okay with floating in the stars, or something like that. Yeah, and that's pretty heartbreaking. Uh, yeah. If, if if America didn't just mess with this starfish, it could have just lived its life out peacefully, floating amongst the stars. Mm-hmm. But it had that to be ruined. That makes you want to just cry hearing that. Like, well, so here's two things I gotta say about this climax of the movie. One, this is usually the point in pretty much any action movie that gets this big. That it kind of loses me and it gets boring. Uh-huh. But the action and the sequences and the character developments are good enough, great enough, that I'm invested the entire time. Yeah. And that's the thing we talk about in Guardians 2 episode a lot, is that he'll do these huge things, but then he zooms in on a character having a moment, you know, like Rocket and Groot inside the asteroid talking about the bomb, while there's chaos going yeah. on. And, and it just brings it personal. Yeah. And then the second thing I want to say is that I I'm shocked that I would feel for a gigantic monster mm-hmm. at the end of the movie. Yeah. I was it was so it's like every aspect of this is like heartfelt. It's great. Well just hearing you say that, you were you just you're just like, oh, it was just defending itself this whole time. Yeah. It wasn't malicious. It no. was just trying to not die. And it died. Yeah, and <laughs> and Bloodsport's I I actually like this. Bloodsport's daughter sees him on TV and says, "That's my dad." She cries and she's like, "I can't believe it." But they don't have another moment together, which I think yeah. 
actually works better than if they got together and you know at the end of Suicide Squad one where he's like I get to see my daughter. Well, every I think day. I think that's like he's showing or whatever. Yeah, he's showing his valor and like uh, uh, being heroic, showing it by doing it. He's yeah. not trying to prove it to her. Of course, he did this for her. She doesn't know that. Yeah. And it's almost like she didn't know, doesn't need to know that. It's just like, that's, that's the first time in her life she's been proud of her dad. And he didn't have to, it, it was just by seeing it. Uh-huh. Does, am I making sense? I feel like I'm yeah. muddying the waters. Yeah. But that's the beautiful thing about it. And then, I mean, that's pretty much it. So they make a deal with Viola Davis that if if they let them go as free people, they will not leak the drive to the press. And she right, has right. to comply and she lets them do it. Um, and it's crazy too. When she's talking to him, she's like looking out her office window at all the people. <laughs> just like, yeah. Oh, took her over. And I'm just like, what is going to happen with that? I know that's interesting. Well, there, there's just enough loose threads that this movie totally is contained. Yeah. We don't need another one, but if they made another one, there's a lot of threads that he can pull on to make a new story. Yeah. Much like, again, in Guardians, how he le- he says a couple things about like, oh, you, you're half celestial, Peter. Oh, yeah. And you're kind of like, I, when I first watched it, I'm like, whatever. Yeah. Then once you'd seen Guardians 2, it was like, oh, he made a whole movie out of that one line. What? Yeah. So uh, then we have the... It says the Suicide Squad. Well, I think it's sweet when they're in the helicopter and they're all finally like falling asleep from exhaustion. Yeah. And Ratcatcher Two falls asleep on No Way, which is so yep. sweet. And the um, Harley falls asleep, and then the rat goes on Bloodsport's knee. Oh, and this he... rat has been trying to befriend him the whole movie, and he pets and it, and he just pets it, and it's he just gets that a smile on his face, like it's not so bad. But it's really hard for him to pet it. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, but that was like, that's big for me. Yeah. You know? And then it lays down on his knee. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did it again. Uh, there's a t- like a first credit scene where Weasel gets up on the beach and waddles away. This is how he gets up. Well, I can't actually imitate it, but he gets up by snorting and snarling. Yeah. And it's it, just the noises he makes are awful. And the waddling, it's like... It's, it's like, like a giant puppet. It's kind of like he's jumping from one foot to the other. The really gross thing, probably, <laughs> one of the grosses is that it's kind of fat, but its yeah, arms but it's and really legs skinny. are so skinny. <laughs> it's weird. It's gross, and I love it, and I can't oh. look away. Well, when that happened, I was like, okay, he understands that we all want to see this thing again. Yeah, I really like, too, at the beginning of the movie when they introduced him and everyone else, you know, they're like, and hey, we have Weasel. And well, that was before they were, they weren't sure what it was. And at one point someone says, is it a werewolf? And Harley gets so excited. And then Pete Davidson freaks out because he's sitting next to it. And Rick Flagg just says, it's just a weasel. He's he's not going to eat anybody. Well, he has eight 27 children. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Yeah. It's the weasels. Cool. More weasel, please. And then there's a post-credit scene where Peacemaker is making his recovery in the hospital, which makes sense. There's a show yeah. going to come out. Why? If he actually died, I just thought it'd be a prequel. That's what I thought, too. But and yeah. I did read that it. I think it might be a little of both. Cool. So, um, but uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's great. It's a great movie. 
if if you have any if you like action see it if you well you saw it we got to th- pass the spoiler part it's a great movie and it just looked really good it looked fantastic it looked so good so do you know what that means though well do you have any final thoughts on this movie uh see it if you listen to this without seeing it yet go watch it okay next thought next week we start our series on the godfather this month on Patreon, we're on Space Jam, A New Legacy, a movie that is about as bad as it gets. Yep. So hear us be really depressed if you want to listen to that, patreon.com slash M-I-C-A-H-M-C-C-A-W. And then lastly, but not leastly, what are our DC rankings? Jordan? Hit me with yours. Okay, mine is, I got to move this so I can see a little bit better. At the very bottom, I have Justice League. Yeah. Then right above that, I have Suicide Squad, 2016. Wait, you liked Justice League worse? I did. On this time around, uh, Justice League to me is like not even fun to watch as a joke uh-huh. uh, the second time around. Uh, Suicide Squad is kind of like hilarious with how bad it is. So it's kind of, it's sort of like, oh, guys. Hmm. Well, they're both, they, it depends on the day. I hate them both so much. They're tied for bottom. Then I have at number seven, or number eight, actually, Birds of Prey. Okay. A horrible movie. Uh, Then I have Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice. Then uh, Man of Steel, Wonder Woman. And this this is going to surprise people, but then I would go Aquaman, then Wonder Woman 1984. And then, this is hard. What's the last two? I think I think right now I'm gonna say the Suicide Squad number two and then Shazam number one. Okay, but that could change because actually the more we talk about the movie, the more I think it's better than Shazam. Yeah, but I don't know. Yeah, so that is my that is my ranking, and may, maybe when we cover the next DC movie, whenever it comes out, I think it'll be the Flash next year. I'll, I'll, I'll we can update our rankings. Well, I know where that one's going for you, so you don't really need to update it. The bottom? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. So for me, it's the Suicide... No. For me, it's Suicide Squad, not 2016, then Justice League. Okay. Then probably Birds of Prey as well. Yeah. Good choice. <laughs> and then um, Batman versus Superman, Man of Steel. I know I'm going the same as you right now. Yeah. Well, we pretty much agreed on this entire Wonder series. Woman, Aquaman... Uh, Wonder Woman 1984, uh-huh. Shazam, The Suicide Squad. So we only switched our top and our bottoms. That's yeah. it. Um, I just like this. The movie I just saw. I probably would rewatch it w- over all the other ones every day. Yeah. So that's why I think I would put it at number one. Yeah. I and yeah. It, I mean, you put a giant shark in a movie. It's gonna be one of my favorite movies. I, I think for me, uh, it, it might just simply come down to the fact that I've seen Shazam twice now. Mm-hmm. Once I see the Suicide Squad again, maybe I'll change my tune. Maybe it is better, though. Maybe it is one. On it. I'll sleep on it. We will get back to you on that rating when we cover The Flash next year, the summer of next year. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Yeah. We made it through the series, and there was a payoff. We got to see the Suicide Squad. Yeah, there was. 
Um, so we'll hope we didn't see... make you too mad on some of our opinions on some of the movies. Well, I I would imagine that uh, Wonder Woman eighty four got people like with pitchforks coming to our house I because know. I I think I think Biden just passed the thing where it's like illegal to like that movie. Oh, he didn't like it. I guess not. Oh, he passed a he passed an entire thing. I feel like he'd be a nineteen eighty four guy. Yeah, he probably liked I feel like it. He's just into making wishes. Yeah. Or is fun. Yeah. All right. So next week is The Godfather. So tune in to hear some offers that you cannot refuse. <laughs>